For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. You can join them there every single night at 7 p.m. And, of course, that is free. Also free, the Five Reasons YouTube channel. That's where you can get the Dono Daily every single day at noon with Five Reasons guests on all South Florida sports, including the Dolphins, Heat, Marlins, and more. Also check out FiveReasonsSports.com. FiveReasonsSports.com is where... You will find the latest from Brady Hawk and others on the site. Of course, we're getting ready for Dolphins and Cane season. Jazz Santana's got a full Canes preview up there right now, so make sure that you check that out before they get blitzed by Alabama. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes our friends over at Prize Picks. you got to use the code 5, F-I-V-E. We know there's no NBA right now, but there's plenty of other sports going on, including preseason football. Yes, you can go over or under. If you think a coach is going to play a certain guy more than someone else, go over. Just give it a shot on prize picks. You can also do the futures going forward. Play the two of passing yards going forward. I'm telling you, he's going to have a good year. And, you know, forget the one interception from the other day. Go to prizepicks.com, prizepicks.com. Use the code five. You can go all in. You can play halfway with a flex play. Just deposit 20 bucks and give it a shot. Again, that's the official daily fantasy sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, prizepicks.com, with the code 5. And now, tonight's episode. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. First, we're going to get reacquainted. It's been a little while since we've been together. Check out the floor is yours from last week. I am back from a brief, brief, brief vacation. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. We've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander, and we've got one of the newest additions to the Five Reasons Sports Network, our coach on staff here, Sean Rochester. You can follow him, I believe. I never remember handles. Sean Rochester, NBA. Is that correct? No, I effed it up. What is it? At S Rochester, NBA. Too many characters to do the Sean in there. I had to shorten it up. Well, we have too many characters on this show right now. We've got four of them. All right, so here's what we're going to do tonight. This is going to be informative, but also analytical. Um, I've done a little bit of digging on some stuff going on in Heatland, uh, as I've obviously been checking out what's been going on with the Dolphins. And with the Heat, um, the big talk the past couple of days was backup point guards. And, and mostly this is because of a late night Woj tweet uh, that Memphis was getting Patrick Beverly and Rajon Rondo in a trade. And so as a result of that, because Memphis has so many guaranteed contracts, so many similar players that they may be buying someone out, perhaps Rondo 
who actually called Jimmy Butler one of his favorite teammates. I know that there was some friction in Chicago, uh, but they were actually also up 2-0 in a playoff series, if you recall, with Dwayne Wade before Rondo got hurt. I can tell you right now that my understanding is the Miami Heat are not in on Rajon Rondo. And, and I'm going to give you the sort of a blueprint for where they see things right now coming out of Summer League. So here's the first part of this. If you watched Max Struess play in Summer League and you liked what you saw, you're going to see more of it. They view him as a rotation player this year. They view him as the backup small forward going forward. And also, they view Gabe Vincent as the guy who's going to get the first crack at backup point guard on this team. Of course, there could be guys on two-way contracts. We've talked about some of those. But Vincent is being prepped to be the backup point guard. They know that he has not put it together in terms of shooting and playmaking at the NBA level. The shooting has not been where it was at the G League but they think he can do it or they at least want to give him a chance. And that's why they gave him the full contract and why they gave Struess the full contract. So you should not look at them as two-way players like you did last year. They're viewing them as rotation players. They only plan to keep 14 for now. We can get into the mechanics of the repeater tax and all that sort of stuff, but that is the plan after adding Udonis Haslam. I can tell you there is a feeling within some of the organization that Eric Spolcher should actually use Udonis Haslam this year, which is something that I've said on this show. If you're going to keep him, there's value in keeping him in the locker room um, and being a player instead of a coach and being somebody who can be that liaison. But also there are opportunities, and we've discussed this, at the end of quarters, in blowouts, in other situations like that, just for a change of play, pace where Udonis Haslam can still rebound, can still box out, can still set a screen, okay? And I think that he'll be used more. It's not going to be ceremonial like it was this past season. All right, beyond that, uh, looking forward, they believe that Victor Oladipo will be back for, at some point, maybe the second half of the season, and that, that may change the dynamic of what their bench looks like, particularly backup point guard. But for right now, I've now been told by two people inside the organization, a lot of our season is dependent on the development of Tyler Hero. They are clearing the way for Tyler Hero now. That's one of the reasons that Kendrick Nunn was not retained. He was viewed as a progress stopper for Tyler. And they view Tyler as somebody that they want to see take the next step. Now, I know I've said on this show, Tyler was going to be traded this offseason. There are all sorts of other issues behind the scenes. The way the roster shook out, Tyler is still here. He's still their best asset. He could be traded at some point. Aggregators stand down. For right now, he's being viewed as the guy who's going to lead their bench unit. And it's an important role, and there's no one else here to do it. There's no Dragic. There's no none. It's him. As far as KZ Akpala goes, all I can say is this. They're still holding out hope. Um, but I think we need, we need to reframe the context here, okay? I don't think there's a starting competition between PJ Tucker and Markeith Morris. The competition was supposed to be between Morris and KZ for backup minutes behind PJ Tucker. Of course, if KZ continues to struggle the way he struggled in summer league, it's not going to be much of a competition. All right, let's get to it. Um, I've, again, I've got Greg, I've got Alex, I've got Sean. I'm going to start with one premise here. Even after these conversations that I've had, okay, and even with my trust of the Heat organization, and even though I like the Kyle Lowry move, I like the P.J. Tucker move, okay? Obviously, I like some of what came out of Summer League with, with Omer and Max in particular. I'm concerned. I, I look at this roster, and I think it's top-heavy. Um, it, it doesn't have quite the same age dynamic in terms of mix that maybe some past rosters have had. Um, maybe I'm making a little bit too much of that, but I do see 
some guys on the top end of the roster in terms of age who may have some injury issues. I see some inexperienced guys, even if they may be 25 or 26, that are still inexperienced in terms of the NBA. And I think that's going to lead to some inconsistency. My view on it is this. I think this is a better playoff proposition than a regular season proposition this year. And my concern is getting to the playoffs in the right seed, in the right health, that you can actually do something. And that's why, if you didn't have the tax concern, I would love to see them add a 15th player because I think their 15th player might actually play like a ninth player this year. It's not because I feel like Spo is going to use 15 guys. It's because you don't have, you're not really going to use the Haslam spot much. You got Oladipo out for months and you got KZ. You can't really count on, and you are counting a lot on Gabe and, and Max, who you haven't counted on in the past. All right. I'm going to go first to Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo, Greg. Um, your feelings. A lot of what you said, I guess we could probably connect the dots on just based on how they um, they really uh, doubled down on the developmental guys. And, you know, like there's a part of it that I think you you bring up a lot of justified concerns, right? Like the, this is a there's young players that they're relying on. And if they don't show up, there's going to be holes, particularly if they don't shoot well. I think shooting well can mask a lot of the other stuff that maybe these guys are deficient at. So like, that's the one thing, if it happens that we probably will look past some of the stuff that these guys can't do. So I think you, you bring up valid concerns, but I, I guess I'll just say this. I, I feel like ultimately um, we've talked about this team, like bet, bet on the culture, right? Like don't go pay Dion waiters because you can make another guy become Dion waiters and so on and so forth. Well, it looks like they're doing that with Max Struess, with Gabe Vincent, with Omer, Yurt seven, Yurt seven, however that comes out. Um, so let's see these guys produce. I, I like the idea that they're going to have guys that have the opportunity to outplay their contract values. And so they're betting on that. And if it doesn't work out, they're get, there's going to be egg on their face. But truthfully, like at this point, I, I feel good about the developmental system. So to me, while there are these concerns, if they can just make it to Oladipo gets back, I feel like that they can still finish in the top three in the East. Sean, give me the single biggest concern on the roster right now. Um, I would say just relying on that inexperience, um, getting to the point of the trade deadline right around the time that Victor is going to come back. Um, you know, I think that they can assess what they have and then make moves in response to that. You know, if let's say, for example, if Gabe can't get it done as a backup point guard, then you can go out and get a point guard. Or if Max can't get it done as your backup small forward, then you can go out and get another small forward. Um, but I just don't know if you can, if you, if you can't do that, if you can't rely on them, how do you get to the playoffs? Like you said, it, it's not sustainable to go eight, nine deep for 82 games. You know, you're, you're going to run out of gas. So that would be my concern. Uh, with the construction as it is right now. Alex, the point guard spot, we've talked about it. You know, they, they've been averse to getting real point guards for years, it seems like. Um, and and now, you know, they have a real point guard, but he's in his mid-30s and just sort of like they just did. And they decided with the other point guard in Goran Dragic that he had to come off the bench to preserve him. Um, Lowry missed a lot of time last year. I know some of it was designed, uh, but, but again, I mean, is there enough ball handling on the roster? Like I, it, that you can overcome, like, let's say Gabe Vincent can't do it. Let's say he's still sub 30 from three, which I, I, I agree with Greg's point. A lot of this comes down to shooting. Cause I think most of these guys are going to defend. So like, so if that's the case, like, do they have enough ball handling? I mean, I thought part of the idea here was that you didn't want Jimmy, Jimmy and Bam to have to be the primary ball handler in most sets. I do think they have more 
you know, top level ball handling. And I think that's part of the, you know, part of what we're talking about here when we're trying to solve the puzzle of their roster construction and, you know, how it's going to work throughout the regular season. Cause I could not agree more with what Sean just said there, as far as, you know, you can't like, we can feel good about eight or nine guys in the roster, but you got to get through the season. And I, and I agree, like, first of all, before we started this pod, I, I was kind of, you know, I, I see both sides of this, but and I was kind of leaning towards Leif's side a little bit. But then the more we talk through it, it's like there's so many like I feel great about that starting five. Right. I feel awesome about it. But as far as the logistics of getting through this regular season, I mean, luckily, they're going to have an actual offseason this time around. So that'll be great for these guys. Lowry's going to be well rested, as you just kind of alluded to. Uh, Jimmy's going to need it. But as far as the ball handling concerns, they have more than they did last year at a higher level. So part of that here is they're going to have to do some creative staggering. And I think that's going to be, you know, Spoh's going to have to get creative with how he mixes up this rotation this season. Because, you know, I'm not surprised that Gabe and, Gabe and uh, Max Schroes are going to be the backup one and three to start off the season. And they're kind of just going to get the shot at it. And they're going to end up probably getting... I don't know, probably Marcus Garrett and Deke Giroux as their two-way uh, roster spots, if I had to guess. And if one or two of those guys don't come through, I wouldn't be surprised if Omer gets a spot or one of those two-way uh, guys gets a, you know, a shot at, at getting a rotation guy. There. I want to see most of these guys playing because I agree that their roster construction is one where it's like you got to get to the playoffs. That's the most important thing because – Four, you know, no, three of your five guys that you're going to be relying on the most are, are, you know, on the wrong side of 30, right? And it's like all the concerns are on the bench. That's really what we're talking about here. And I don't like that all the, you know, the bench responsibility is going to be on Tyler. Like you're going to have to play him with another, with whether it's Bam, whether it's Jimmy, whether it's Kyle. I don't want Tyler out there I mean, leading a bench but- unit. But Alex, here's the thing. I mean, so look at their bench, okay? I mean, again, uh, do they have enough bodies is one question. But also, I mean, if Tyler isn't scoring, like let's say Tyler has a three of 12 night, which he had some last year, okay? I mean, let's let's say there's a struggle from offense. Where's the offense coming from off the bench? I mean, then then you are talking about maybe playing Omer over Deadman at times, right? It's maybe I think they're kind of expecting Struz to be, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to provide some of that stuff like that that bench uh, scoring spark. Cause I don't think Gabe is there. I think they just want Gabe to be like somebody who can initiate action and hit spot up threes and play defense. But I don't know, man. I just think like there's a lot of variance and a lot of what ifs when it comes to getting through the yeah. season, as far as just the bench. Cause the first right. five, I feel awesome about, right. I feel great about that. But the bench is like, you need Struess and Vincent to hit their threes. And that's, you know, that's where there's more variance than anything in the sport of basketball. Mm-hmm. is them hitting three. So they're just going to have to run out with, you know, lineups where you have probably one of those three of your best players out there almost at all times of the game, I feel like. Because I just don't believe that running a bench lineup out there, and I don't think that's going to happen either because I don't really think that's 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 how no. Spoh works other than uh, two seasons ago when he had that one great bench lineup. Yeah. But, Hockey uh, substitutions. They just but he, he has done it, Alex. I mean, uh, we've talked about it. He's done it, it but I, I just he, don't he know that during, this is the roster to do with. Yeah. yeah, he can't he can't do it this year. All right. So so let me go to this. Uh, Greg, Sean, let me I'll go to you, Sean first on this. Let me ask you a question. Let's say Kyle Lowry misses a West Coast trip. Uh, he has a, he strains his quad. He misses two weeks. What does the lineup look like? You start Gabe? Well, I'm going to probably get some extra sleep. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we all are. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I don't I don't see that. I, I think you you probably start Tyler 
Um, I'm, I'm t- we're assuming Victor Oladipo is not there yet. But Sean, you know he's not. You you know that Eric's not going to want to. T- yeah, if they, they're if they're counting the on Tyler to fill thing. that yeah. role, they're not going to want to jerk around with Tyler's role, right? So I mean, you're not going to start him. I mean, I guess for that reasoning, you put Gabe there, but in reality, it's probably Jimmy and Bam or that combination initiating the offense. So you're playing Gabe off the ball more than he is on the ball. That's where I think when we're talking about rotations, I think, yeah, I mean, I think Alex has said it. Like, it's not linear. It's not like Mm -hmm. Kyle goes out, the backup point guard goes in. Jimmy is the backup small forward, or he's a small forward, the backup small forward goes in. You're going to slide guys around, and that's kind of the beauty of – what Spolster likes to do, you know, it's, it's very positionless in a way. So that's where my concern is less, I guess. Um, but I think you make a good point. The way that he likes to bring guys in when guys are out, it's probably Gabe. All right. We're, we're going to get some more of this in a second. I hold some thoughts. Cause I got some other things that I want to get to you guys on, but you know, I think I, it's funny. I think we're all coming closer to the same place here than I actually thought we would be, which is fine. But uh, I think it's something we're going to have to touch on the entire season before we do though. Just saw this the other day. There was a trade show here in Fort Lauderdale. If you're going back to trade shows, your company's going back to trade shows. We know COVID is still going on. But a lot of people don't seem to care. Um, so make sure that you've got the right exhibit for the people who show up there. But also, if your staff is not back, you got to go to everything trade shows because they can help you build the whole thing. They'll do the full booth build, the design, the graphics, the furniture, the flooring, even some tips to get you noticed. They'll teach you the difference between renting and buying their base. Again, right here in Lauderdale, but they service all 50 states. So schedule a free consultation. Again, the office is right off of Las Olas. Mention five reasons. You get a free booth rendering with it. 954-791-8882. It's 954-791-8882. Again, mention five reasons. Get the free booth rendering. And of course, you always get the free consultation. That's everythingtradeshows.com. All right, let's get back to it now. A couple of other things that, that we want to get into. Um, the Vincent situation, I, I think, is concerning for, for Heat fans, um, not because you haven't seen the flashes from Gabe, but because, again, you haven't seen him put it together. But I will say this. They've, they've invested a lot in him. Um, and typically, when they invest a lot in the player, it pans out. Now, Briante Weber, there have been some exceptions uh, that it is not. They brought guys back repeatedly. We saw the little breakout for the Nigerian team for one game. <laughs> And then it kind of went back the other direction again. And with that shooting variance. Well, that's the thing, Alex, though. Like, again, defensively, he competes. Like, I don't think there's any question about that. Like, I I feel like just having him in the rotation, when you also have Lowry and you have Jimmy and you have Bam, I mean, you have PJ, you're talking about, you know, a lot of elite level defense that you can throw at other teams. He's going to look even better, to your point. He's going to look but, even better on defense but, there, but it's true. But like, how is he going to get guarded, Alex, if he's shooting 28% from three, right? And he he's not an elite passer, then then how does listen, that work? L- listen, I know you didn't ask me, but I'm diving in here. Like, if you guarantee the contracts of Max Struess and Gabe Vincent for two full seasons, that's not just this season, that is also next season. You have locked yourself into those guys, and you've essentially said, we are going to bet that they're going to outplay their contract values. And I know that it's um, a little video game-ish to me, to talk about them as if they are salary slots. But like, if we're really looking at this, like we also have to acknowledge Duncan Robinson, he has to become a 15 and a half million dollar player, whatever that means to you guys. Like it's no longer specialist. Like he's going to have to do a little bit more and we're going to have to see further development there. So I, I, and I, a hero, like there's a part of me that's scared that he's heading up the bench unit, but there's also a part of me that's like, all right, 
We're about to see what this kid's made of, and then we'll know what we need to do by the trade deadline. So there's part of this that I think you're going to flush out a lot of the question marks, and you're going to know pretty quickly what needs to be addressed. So I don't know. I'm not as panicked maybe as the as the panel here. All right, so the panel, Sean, Alex, uh, what was told to me was they viewed Gabe Vincent or they view Gabe Vincent as more of a pure point, not that he's completely a pure point, but more of a pure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply point than Kendrick Nunn was when he broke in with him. And we, we know that Kendrick played point guard on those on that summer league team and he excelled. I mean, he excelled mostly as a scorer, but he was the point guard with hero and he was the best player on the floor. Okay. For most of that summer league period, but they view Gabe as having more point guard instincts. I, I'll, I'll give this to you, Sean. Does he have point guard instincts? Because I, that I don't know that I've seen. Yeah. I hate the label of like a true point guard. Cause I just don't think he's that. And, and I don't know how many guys around the league are that anymore. You know, it's kind of something that's faded away and, and it's more of point guards that look to score or they're more combo guards or defensive oriented. So, you know, he came in with this billing that he was supposed to be able to shoot the ball. And, and like we've said multiple times, it's inconsistent. So, you know, if you're looking at those other options behind him, those guys can't shoot the ball. I mean, they've done it in flashes in summer league, but let's, let's relax a little bit on that one. But, you know, I, I, I don't see him as a true point guard. I mean, if he were on the floor, like I said earlier, I would have the other guys initiate the offense and let him play off. But if he's not shooting the ball and he plays off the ball, now you got help defense just waiting for you. So, I, I mean, to that end, Alex, um, some of the veteran point guards who could be out there, because then we get back into the money conversation here, but a Rondo and Isaiah Thomas, I mean, they, they've done things. No, I mean, Isaiah Thomas was top five at MVP voting. I mean, it's, I mean they, they've performed in this league, right? Bet I mean, on the culture. I like uh, you like poking me with these names. I, I'm, I'm just saying. You're like, good at this. I, I, is that is Are we going to hear? I, look, there are good reasons for them to stay under the tax, okay? There are good reasons, okay? You want to stay under the repeater tax. We could do this whole thing if we wanted to. It's going to bore people. But there, there are reasons to do it, okay? whatever fans think of it and how much money the Arisons should spend. Okay. But we are, if, if Gabe struggles for the first month of the season, like if he's unplayable, okay. Against quality competition, you are going to hear those names. If those names are still out there, right? Like, I mean, so would any of those names help now? Maybe not the ones you threw out. I just don't like, look, man, if, if things get really bad and you're just like, we cannot play any of these dudes that we gave a shot, whether it's Gabe or, you know, like I said, presumably they get Marcus Garrett and, and uh, Diggy Giroux as their guys. If all those guys just can't pan out for that 12 to 15 minutes a game role, then yeah, maybe you go after one of those names, but I'd be looking at Beverly. I just don't know if both of those guys get bought out that, that went to the Grizzlies. I think, you know, Patrick Beverly coming back to the, to the Heat would be everything going full circle would be pretty funny. Uh, I, I just know what he brings and what he's good at, whereas I don't really know what Rondo is good at other than throwing uh, slick passes that, uh, you know, cute passes for TikTok. I just 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he actually brings impact wise to the NBA anymore. All right. I, like I understand he was cool for the Lakers. And uh, as far as his shooting went in the bubble, I categorize it the same way as Anthony Davis. It's, you know, do it again. <laughs> it goes through God's here. So I, I'm not worried about Rondo and Isaiah Thomas. That's the conclusion I'm getting to here. I think again, with the staggering stuff, like Gabe should not be, you know, the guy you're running actions through. I agree with Sean. It's like, you're gonna, you have three guys who you really trust to, to set up action, and they're all in the starting lineup. Come out with some Damon Jones, man. Huh? Can Gabe be Damon Jones? Like, no, that's was he, Damon he, Jones. No, no, wasn't was Damon was Jones an elite shooter? I mean, he was an elite shooter for the one year he was in Miami, and then he wanted a big contract. Uh, and basically, they told him to shove it. But, uh, but look, they, they've gone through many, many point guards over the years. I mean, like, and, and I think all of those types could help in this situation if Gabe became any of them. Like Anthony Carter was a poor shooter. OK, but Anthony Carter defended and he got you into offense. OK, the, the problem with Anthony Carter was once he got paid, people expected him to be Tim Hardaway and he was not because he wasn't going to be Tim Hardaway. OK, but they won a playoff series with Anthony Carter starting against Detroit. Now, part of it is Greg Grant Hill's ankle snapped in half but they won the they won the playoff series they swept the pistons out three games to nothing with ac playing those minutes they they've gotten competent play out of a guy like ray for alston okay who never really had sort of conformed to a system before they got competent play they they've managed to coax competent play out of point guards in the past i just don't feel like it I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, I, I guess here's my thing, Sean. I don't know what Gabe is. Like, I, I, I feel like he's a defender. And then I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I sort of feel like we've been sold something on him that we haven't seen except for one game with Nigeria. Well, I mean, you got two guys on the staff, Chris Quinn and Anthony Carter, that should be able to mentor him because that's essentially right. what they had to do. You know, right. I mean, it, I agree. I mean, you take as much of the load off of him. It, he's he's not required to score X amount of points. He simply needs to defend and he needs to get the ball into the offense, get it to the other guys and let them make plays. That's, you know, it's almost like when you have your backup quarterback in, you know, right? Like you simplify the game plan, just get the ball, you know, run the ball, get it to the tight end, you know, and now we're getting dolphins talk, but you know, that's, that's a simple truth, you know, like you can't rely on Gabe to play a lot of minutes or do a lot of things. The longer he's out there, the more he gets exposed. All right, we're going to get to the front court here in a second. Uh, we're going to talk some Struess, some Omer, what the roles are going to be for these guys, because, uh, again, these are not complimentary pieces this year. These are these pieces are being relied upon on a contender. It's a little bit of a different position to be in. All right, got to check out another great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. position you don't want to be in is without your CBD. So make sure you check out Therapist Preferred. You got to go to therapistpreferred.com. Use that code. It's still active. Five reasons. We make the codes easy for you here. That's the number five reasons. 25% off your order plus free shipping on all orders. Get the CBD sports cream, the strawberry lemonade gummies, the green apple gummies, all available to you there. They've also got the tincture and much, much more. Again, if you work out regularly, you want this stuff. You have trouble sleeping like I do. You want this stuff. Make sure you get it from Therapist Preferred. They were founded in 2019 by a physical therapist to maximize performance and recovery for active people. And again, 100% THC free, free, 100% THC free, I'm sorry, and third-party lab verified. So go to therapistpreferred.com. That's therapistpreferred.com. Use the code five reasons. All right, let's look at the front court here. Um, I think we've all sort of made the comment that this season was dependent on Bam and Hero taking the next step. 
Um, Bam's going to have to be a superstar. I agree with you, uh, Greg, that T- Duncan Robinson's going to have to be an extremely well-rounded starter. It's, it's not enough to be one of the best shooters on the planet. He's going to have to be a well-rounded starter for this thing to work. Um, but also, you look at that front court rotation. Again, I'm being told P.J. Tucker is going to start. Um, I don't think you want P.J. Tucker playing 35 minutes a game during the regular season, but I have a feeling he's going to be one of those guys that Spolster doesn't want to take off the floor. And we've seen those before. But Denman last year was incredibly effective in his role. How do you think they'll stagger this stuff? Because like you said, they've kind of got to use everybody they have available, right? So are we going to see Denman play with Bam, Alex? Are we going to see Omer play with Bam? It seems like that's a, that's a natural fit, right? Are we going to see sometimes Omer come off the bench with Denman? Or sometimes we're going to see Markeith come off the bench and play with bam. Okay. I, so all of these different combinations that they could use, they have more flexibility in the front court. Than and, less- and Omer. Well, maybe. Okay. I mean, I, let's, I mean, how, what, how do you see him using it? He's basically got five front court people. And then, you know, I mean, there's the ghost of what we thought KZ was going to be. I mean, maybe he gets some spot minutes. As oh, a call him a ghost. <laughs> I, I mean, what, what do you think? How does, he has how does been a ghost out there when he, when, when he has been out on the floor. So, you know, what, it's fair. But really, it's good that they have options now. I think that's how I feel about it, even though maybe some of these options aren't the greatest. You know, I feel great about PJ and him being a playoff player. I agree with you. You want to, you know, keep his minutes managed. If you want to have him as a closer, which I completely understand and probably agree with, uh, you know, he's the best option out there, most likely, unless, you know, he really just cannot hit a corner three. Or, you know, is not getting rebounds for you? I just think, like, they're going to have all types of things they can do. The Omer and Deadman stuff, I wouldn't see that happening. I don't think they would play two slower bigs like that together. But Omer and Bam just makes a lot of sense. We've seen that mold before. The drop big on defense, shooting big on offense, easy stuff there. Uh, you know, I, I don't – I like I said earlier, by the way, I think if you want to play Omer and Marquise together, that would make sense. We've seen Spo go to lineups before where, like, he, he, he wants spacing for Jimmy or for Bam. Uh, you know, in that case, it would be for Jimmy to have a driving lane. I just think you're going to have to go, like I said earlier, a little bit creative. Use those young guys as innings eaters throughout the season because you signed them to contracts, like Leif said earlier, for a reason. And like you alluded to earlier in the show, Depot's not coming back for the second half of the season. That's another concern. We don't, you know, another thing that's going to have some variance to it because we just don't know how effective he's going to be. So all I see throughout the bench is different levels of concern and different levels of variance. So even though I feel okay about it, I just think uh, there's going to be a lot of creativity that Spo is going to have to implement. And I know he loves all of this stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get all types of solutions throwing out, I mean, thrown out uh, throughout the season at this point. I feel like Markeef is going to see some minutes at the five. They're going to try that at some point. Um, I think Dwayne Dedman is not getting um, enough credit for maybe what he has the potential to do. I, I think that they will try to give him extended looks throughout the season. Um, and PJ Tucker, like I know that when he got to Milwaukee, he was like a 20 minute per game player. But if you look at all the other teams he played on, he plays anywhere from 27 to 34 minutes a game. So I, I think that you can expect him and pencil him in for somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 minutes a game. And he's going to guard up, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Cooper Moorhead wrote a great piece about 
the the things that PJ Tucker will do for the Heat. And one of the things he harped on was about the way that he and Bam can simultaneously switch off and no big wants to back down PJ. Like that kind of stuff is real. And I think that to your point, Ethan Spolster is going to rely on him. So he'll be a big part of the front court. And, uh, but you're right. All these guys are going to get a look and we're going to find out what they're made of. Luckily they're on minimum contracts, most of them, but it does get tricky if they don't pan out. Sean, who's going to be the best compliment to Bam? Uh, man, I, I guess I would say PJ, um, you know, defensively, absolutely PJ offensively, you know, that's the question. I love the fit Omer has. Um, he gives you that pick and pop ability. That's great with Bam and Bam's unselfishness and the way that he throws passes, the way that Omer has rolled and also sealed down low for like his age. What is he? 24 years old. The way that he seals inside and finishes high it's pretty incredible for his age and, and obviously being undrafted and all those different things. So, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen right away. Debman can give you a little bit of that, but you know, like Leif said, it's, it's versatility. You have guys that can do different things. So Spo wants to use different pieces in different ways. That's the flexibility that he has that we really didn't have last year. All right. Let's touch on Spruce Struce, Spruce Struce. Sorry. Um, I don't think anybody anticipated going into last season that he would be in this position now, but nobody anticipated Duncan Robinson would be in the position he was in going into his second season with the heat. Uh, this seems to be their developmental trajectory with players that again, the first year is kind of a feeling out process. The second year is when they get that opportunity. I do know that a lot of heat players, including Jimmy were very comfortable with max on the floor last year. And they actually wanted to see him play more. We talked about that as the year went on that he's accountable. Um, the words that I've heard use him is he's accountable. He's physical. He doesn't back down. I think we saw him take a leadership role in summer league, which the organization really liked. And, and now, and they've given him the contract, Greg, like they've, they've said to him, you know, you're next essentially. I mean, Omer is too, but, but Struce has been here for a year. I think it's fair to expect the most from him of any of the young players right now, even if, you know, even if like, you know, Yurts have been impressed in summer league, the offense, essentially, I mean, the, you watch those last couple of summer league games, teams are trying to take Max Struess away. Oh yeah. And he right? has swagger too. Like that, that game winner, like that's the kind of stuff you do when you know that you're heads and shoulders above the dude who's mm -hmm. guarding you. Like you just, he, he walked it up. He was bobbing and weaving as he got to his shot and you want that kind of confidence. I think you're right. Max Struess is the guy of all these minimum kind of younger players that they're investing in. He's the one that we should be having the highest expectations for. But again, he can do a lot of stuff wrong if he shoots 39% from three on five or six attempts or whatever the, whatever it shakes out to be for him. Like, I feel like that is going to be, and I hate to like make it a make or miss kind of conversation. Cause there's some, there's something kind of cliche basketball sports talk radio -y to, uh, of me to say that, but truthfully, like if Struce can just hit 39%, we're all good. What about the other things though, Alex? Like, I, I mean, you know, if he hits 39% or he's going to be happy, but actually his percentages from three last year were not great, even though, I mean, he had flourishes, but he wasn't able to sustain it, but he also didn't get consistent playing time. He also didn't, he also didn't play in the most, you know, advantageous situations at times or play with the top level talent on the heat all the time. But let's say he can shoot 35% from three is the other stuff. Good enough. The, the rebounding, the defense and all that to be a, a backup small forward in the league, 
who's going to play 15 plus minutes a night. I mean, depends how low we're talking about with a three point percentage. Cause honestly, like I, I don't really think so. I mean, and look, I'm good with giving Shrews the chance. Like he obviously stood out and that's what you want to see from guys as they progress in the league. You know, he, he stood out and he's going to deserve, I think maybe a, a longer leash than, than, I think Gabe, even at this point, even though they both kind of had similar time, I think Struz has shown out a little bit more. And, and you know, I, I, I just struggle to talk about this because w- without kind of going right back into the point about variance, because it's like if he's not shooting threes, I don't know that the rest of what he does is valuable enough. And even though I'm good with giving him a shot, it's just like, uh, you know, do you give Markeith backup three if Struz doesn't work out? I think that's something they could look into and go, you know, go big if they want. Go uh, I hate with Omer. I, I, I mean, I, look, I, 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 I hate the idea of Markeith defending threes, though. I just, I, I don't know. I'm just saying we're, we're going, move. we're picking from a bunch of, you know, flawed ideas. So mm-hmm. I'm, that's in a scenario where it just does not work out with Struz, and I'm not really expecting it to go that poorly for him. But like I said before, it's on him to prove that, he can shoot consistently too. Cause he hasn't exactly proven that in the NBA yet. I'll close here with you, Sean. Um, as we talk, we're talking about a lot of sort of possible hits, but some flawed ideas. So if, if that's what we're talking about here is, is this really, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to allow uh, Alex and, uh, and Greg to kind of jump in here. Cause I want to save this for future episode, but, but since you're here, Sean, is this a contending roster? I mean, if, if we're talking about, so many things that require there. I mean, the variance of Oladipo's return can hero, uh, you know, take a step, you know, when all, when a lot of the bench burden is going to be on him, they don't really have a, a backup point guard that they know what they're going to get, you know, from, right. Uh, they, they, you know, we don't know if Duncan can evolve into being that kind of two way player, you know, that that's, that can be, you know, a, a core $15 million a year starter at this point. All of these things that are going on, you got Max Struess, we got PJ Tucker getting his minute, we got Kyle Lowry at age 36. Is this a contending roster in your view? Well, to go with what Alex just said, there's there's a lot more leash for Struess before we even talk about the contending because there's other options at point guard. You know, we have other guys we can put in the backup point guard. There's nobody else for Max Spruce because the only other person, I'm not even going to say the two letters in his first name because I don't want to put Casey Powell out there. Um, but, you know, the contending, I, I think their most realistic landing spot is the four seed. Um, we, could we be better? Could we be the three seed? Sure. Could we be the five or six seed and be in a bad playoff spot because of our inconsistencies in the regular season for all the same things we said today? Absolutely. Um you know, you can't predict injuries. You can't predict COVID. All those things are variables that are out of our, our hands. So, you know, if you're relying on these guys, how many of the group do you need to hit to keep the boat afloat? Basically, you know, is it one, if Struce is good, are we good enough? If Struce and Gabe hit, are we good enough? You know, that's, that's the big question at this point, you know, and I think you let it happen. You see what happens for the first few weeks, first few months, and then assess from there. But the big point here is, and I agree with a lot of what you just said there, that they need, I mean, we could write, we could list out like seven things they need to hit on at least four or five of them for this to be the kind of season they want. But again, we all talked about this being in the context of Jimmy's limited window and, you know, putting a team together that can compete right now 
I think they can compete. I don't know if they can contend. Those are two different things. This is a competitive roster, but contending for the finals in a full season where you got to get through 82, when you're going to be shorthanded a little bit, and there's some questions. But we will save the should Udonis Haslam play 10 minutes a night or 20 minutes a night for another episode. Thanks to Sean. Thanks to Sean Rochester. Uh, thanks to Alex. Yes, Al, I know Alex wants to debate about 12 other things we talked about, but we got to get through the next month. And thanks to Greg Sylvander. Thanks for our sponsors. EverythingTradeShows.com, PrizePicks.com. Use that code five. Of course, Everything Trade Shows. Use the code five reasons. Get your free booth rendering and TherapistPreferred.com. Use the code five reasons. Get 25% off. Have a good night. Jamie for MVP. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.